Good morning, church. I am so excited to be here with you today and to worship, to hear from God's Word. And in a little while, we'll have an opportunity to take a next step, connecting with some of our Bible study groups and community groups. Uh, Brooke and I got to go on a little date night last night. Our girls were at the back-to-school bash with our middle and high school students. Thank you. Got the youth pastor on the front row. You can always count on him for a woo. So thank you, Don. Um, and uh, so we had a good time. We were driving in the car, and I just said, I'm really excited for church tomorrow. And I'm always excited, but I don't know. I'm just I'm excited about this day. I, I love the beginning of the school year, um, kids back in school, and we kind of get back in the routine. As Jason mentioned, um, a, a lot is coming up in the life of our church right now. So we're excited about that. Um, and Josh and Alex are here. Josh and Alex, stand up real quick. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, many of you remember Josh and Alex were part of Missions Week this last year as we talked about freeway ministries and uh, supporting freeway ministries. And uh, over the course of, of the last 12 months, God called them here to help us start freeway ministries in Central Florida. And so we're starting uh, to move in that direction at the end of this month. We've got a trip with some of the people who will be involved with that. Uh, to go up to Springfield and, and be a part of a training there. Um, and then uh, in October, we'll really start building the team. And in January, we're going to fully launch. Um, and I told you a story a few weeks ago how God provided for that in an unexpected way as we just said yes. And uh, that story has continued to be incredible. And one day I'll tell you the rest of it. But suffice it to say, uh, God is moving in the direction of this ministry um, and uh, so we're excited about all that God will do. Be praying for Josh and Alex as they get settled in here in Central Florida. Um, and their baby, Amari, who is 10 months old now, 10 months old. Um, and so be praying for them as they get settled in. Uh, take them out to dinner. Take them out to lunch. Give them some Publix gift cards. Help them get, help them get settled in, okay, church? Uh, grab them before the service is over today. We're glad they're here. We also have a special guest, uh, Chris Messina and his wife, Julie. If you guys will stand up for just a minute. So Chris uh, and Julie have three kids who are here at Orlando Christian Prep um, last year and this year. Um, and uh, Chris is a solid believer. Their family is a part of a church down in Celebration. Um, and Chris came to me uh, several months ago and shared with me that he felt that God was calling him to run for office. And so um, Chris is running for uh, Orange County mayor, and I just wanted you to, to know who he is. Every year we 
um, we put out a sheet that there's a group of Central Florida pastors that interview all the candidates and um, ask them questions about biblical values and, and things that, that are important to us as followers of Jesus. And, and um, we'll make those available on the side next steps table here and in the main lobby if you want to see um, those endorsements by those pastors. Uh, but they endorse Chris uh, for Orange County Mayor. And so if you get a chance to meet him and his wife Julie today uh, after the service, make sure you do that. Uh, but grateful for them, we're praying for them. Well, we're continuing our series today back to the basics, looking at the foundational pieces of our faith. And man, I've loved the songs that we sang this morning uh, about building our life on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his teaching. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the wise man builds his life, uh, his house upon the rock. And when the winds and the waves come and beat against it, it won't fall. But the foolish man builds his life on the sand. And when the waves and the, and the rains come, that house will be knocked down. And he says, so build your life on all of these things that I have taught you. And, and um We've been able to sing those truths this morning, that Christ is the solid rock. He is our cornerstone that we can build our life upon his love, upon his word. And uh, that's really what this Back to the Basics series is all about. Last week, we looked at salvation. That is the beginning of our faith. We looked at Jesus' teaching in John chapter 3 where he said, you must be born again. And that is a spiritual rebirth. He says we are born of the Spirit. And we looked at, in order to live out of Christian faith, to live out a life of following Jesus, first you have to be reborn. And it's not a physical birth, it's a spiritual rebirth because the scripture told us that we were born in our flesh or in our sin, that, that on our own we cannot please God, we don't, we don't search for God, we don't look for God, but in his love he sent Jesus to seek and to save those who are lost. And we can turn to him in faith and he gives us a new life. And today we're gonna continue looking at um, what, what does it mean once we've come to faith in Jesus, once we've been reborn, given a new birth in Jesus Christ, how do we now live out this life of faith? And I'm grateful for a church. Uh, there's a lot of people in here who have been following and walking with Jesus for a lot of years. Um, and I am so grateful for that. And there's some in this church who are new to faith and just discovering what it means to follow Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing because we're on this journey together and we can encourage each other and pray for each other and walk with each other. Today when, when we um, sign up, you'll have an opportunity to get to know some of our community group leaders and Bible study classes and you can sign up to be a part of that and and. and Come alongside some people who can walk with you in your faith, and you can come alongside some people and walk with them and pray for them in their journey as well. But our text for this morning's message is Matthew 28, 19 through 20, and it's the, it is the great commission that Jesus left to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me, and we're going to read it together out loud off the screen. It's just two verses. So we'll read aloud together. Um, I, I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Version of the Bible, uh, but you can follow along on the screen if yours is a little bit different, and we'll read it out loud together. Is everybody ready? Okay. Is everybody ready? Okay, good. Here we go. 
Uh, one, two, three. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the truths that we have sung this morning. We thank you for your um, presence here with us today. We thank you for your word. And God, I, I pray that you would speak to us through your word, that through your Holy Spirit, you would open our ears and our heart to not only hear, but to obey this morning. Transform us, make us more like you. We love you. We thank you when we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, you can have a seat. Well, this text, the, we call it the Great Commission, is Jesus' last words to his disciples before he went to the right hand of the Father in heaven, where Scripture says he ever lives to intercede for us or to plead our case before the Father. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus calls his disciples to make more disciples. And discipleship is the process of growing into maturity as we seek to follow Jesus' life and teaching. Put that on the screen, guys. Discipleship is the process of growing into maturity as we seek to follow Jesus' life and teaching. Discipleship is, is a journey. Discipleship is following Jesus. Discipleship is not just being a Christian because a lot of people say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, I was born in America and that's a Christian nation, I guess, so I'm a Christian. Or my grandma used to take me to church every once in a while, so I'm a Christian. My parents took me to church on Christmas and Easter, so I'm a Christian. But the truth is, being a disciple is much deeper than that. Being a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ means we are continually growing into maturity as we seek to follow Jesus' life, his example, the way he loved people, the way he served people, the way he honored the Father, the way he prayed his life and his teaching, what he taught us in Scripture. That's what it means to be a disciple in Jesus calls us to make disciples and to be disciples. And so the journey of discipleship starts with new birth. The journey of discipleship starts with new birth. This is what we talked about last week in John chapter 3 where Jesus says, in order to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. It's this new spiritual birth that takes place in our life. John 3, 3, Jesus replied, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And if we want to live lives as disciples, it starts with becoming a disciple, and that starts with new birth. Just like every child is born, if a child exists in the world, it's because they were born. <laughs> They didn't just happen. They didn't just show up. They were born. And in the same way as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, there is a spiritual birth that takes place. 
When we're born as human beings, we're born into a physical world and, and we're born in a physical body that scripture tells us is tainted or marked by sin. That's why you don't have to teach a kid how to be selfish. I mean, they just fight with the other kids in preschool over the ball or over the toy. It's, that comes natural for us, right? And as a child is born, they, they grow, they start to crawl around, and then they start to pull up on things, and then they start to walk around, and they make noises, and we call them words. Did you hear what they just said? It sounded like goo-goo to me. No, they said mom, I, I promise. <laughs> and they grow, and they learn to talk, and they, and they learn to say all kinds of things, and then they learn to talk back, and that's really awesome. And then they start driving, and then they don't need us to take them to school anymore, and it's a little bit sad the first week of school, just saying, maybe I've experienced that. <laughs> but there's this process of growth and maturity that takes place in our lives as humans. And the same thing is true in our spiritual life. When we are reborn into a spiritual family, there is a process of growth that takes place. We learn to understand that God is our heavenly father and we learn to trust him and we learn to obey him and we learn to speak to him and we, we learn what he wants from us as we follow him with our life and, and we grow into maturity and we begin to see his priorities as our priorities. And as kids grow up and mature and enter into their own relationships and eventually they start having kids of their own. And in the same way in our spiritual life, we are called to reproduce spiritually. There is a point in our life where, where as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are helping to make other disciples by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and by helping the people to walk in their faith. But this journey of discipleship, it starts with this new birth. As Jesus says, make disciples, the, the beginning is being born again. And we talked about that last week. But then he says this, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them. As a church, we practice baptism by immersion. So when we baptize people, we dunk them underwater all the way. Um, and we believe that baptism is a sign of our faith, that baptism does not save us. Baptism is a declaration that we have turned to Jesus Christ for salvation. And in the scripture, when we see people baptized, we see them baptized into a spiritual family. Baptism generally in scripture most of the time did not take place randomly. It took place publicly, and, and the people who were baptized were added to the church. They were added to the spiritual community in a certain area. Um, Acts 2, verse 41 says this. It's, this is the story of the disciples preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, and it says those who accepted this message, the message of the gospel, of Jesus Christ were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. 
After these people were reborn spiritually by accepting the message that Jesus Christ came to die and pay for their sins and that through faith in his death and resurrection and, and, and trusting in him as Lord and King and Savior, they could be saved and they believed that message and then they were baptized as an outward sign of an inward decision. And as a result, they were added into the church. We were able to baptize a few weeks ago um, some kids who are a part of our church who have come to the place of faith in their life. And we love it when we get to baptize. But part of baptism is not just the act of getting dunked underwater. Uh, part of baptism is being baptized into a spiritual family. It says, I identify with this body of believers. It's a public identification. Whenever I talk to people about baptism, I, I compare it to my wedding ring. It's a little hard to get off nowadays, but um, I wear this wedding ring because I'm married and I want people to know I'm married. So I never take it off really, except for just now. Um, but when people see this ring, they know something about me. They know that I've given my heart and my life to someone else. And if I take my ring off, I'm still married. It doesn't make me unmarried if I take this ring off, but I don't because I want people to know, and, and baptism is the same. Baptism is a physical sign that I have given my heart and life to Jesus, and just if you don't get baptized, it doesn't mean you're not saved, but, but it's this public declaration. And if you're married, you should want to wear a wedding ring, by the way. Uh, even if it doesn't fit you anymore, get you a new one. Get you one of those rubber rings if you need to um, that stretches and expands. Uh, but, but we want to identify. Baptism is the same. We identify with a church family. So the journey of discipleship, it involves baptism into a spiritual family. But the passage continues, Matthew 28, 19, says, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20 says, teaching them, teaching them. The journey of discipleship, it also involves teaching and learning God's word. Part of discipleship, we're, we're born again, there's a new birth, and we're baptized into a spiritual family. And then we learn and we grow in our understanding of God's word. We build our life upon his word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture, all of it, from the front to the back, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This scripture tells us that God's word is sufficient to teach us, to train us, to correct us when we need correction so that we will be equipped to be disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119 says this, in verse 105, your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. We need God's word. You can't live the Christian life without God's word. Now, you can be a Christian but if you want to live a life of following Jesus, then you need to fall in love with this word. Psalm 19 says, his words are sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. More precious than gold. We need to have that attitude about 
God's word and grow in God's word. The journey of discipleship, it, it starts with new birth. It involves baptism into a spiritual family. It involves teaching and learning God's word. But it also involves applying the truths that we learn from God's word. Now, some people, they just want to learn God's word but not do anything with it. Right? That way they can tell other people that they're wrong because God's word says, but we're warned about this kind of attitude in scripture. James, by the way, who was the brother of Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin named Mary, but Mary was married to a guy named Joseph, and Mary and Joseph had other kids besides Jesus, and one of them was named James. And early in Jesus' ministry and life, James did not believe that Jesus was the son of God because he said, I grew up with you, man. (laughs) What do you mean you're the Messiah? And he didn't follow Jesus, but then something happened. Jesus rose from the dead. And James was like, oh. (laughs) And James, in his letter, the book of James, he says, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. Now, I have brothers and sisters, and none of them have ever said they are a servant of me. (laughs) But James came to a point where he realized Jesus was who he said he is. And in James 1.22, James writes, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He says, you can learn all about God's word, but if you don't put it into practice, then you're just lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. To say, I'm spiritually mature because I know a lot about God's word, but I'm not serving, I'm not loving, I'm not applying it, then you're lying to yourself. (laughs) That's what James tells us. Jesus puts it a little more harshly in Matthew chapter 23. He's talking to the Pharisees who are the religious leaders of the day. And he's speaking to a crowd and Jesus says this. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples He said, the scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. That means they have a place of authority because they're teaching the law of God, the law of Moses. So he says, therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it. But don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. (laughs) And he goes on to say all of these things about the Pharisees who teach one thing and do another thing and The truth is we need to learn God's word, but not just so we can know stuff, but so that we can apply it and live it out in our lives. Discipleship is not just a class. You got to have a lab that goes with that class where you're dissecting frogs and making, you know, chemistry experiments and all that stuff, right? Christianity is more like shop class than poetry class. We got to live it out. We got to get our hands dirty and our feet dusty as we're following Jesus. At the end of this passage in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus calls out these religious leaders who just talk about God's word but don't live it out, in verse 11 he says, the greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest among you will be your servant, not your teacher, your servant, the one who applies these truths. So this journey of discipleship, it starts with new birth. It continues by baptism into a spiritual family. If you haven't been baptized, I would love to talk to you about being baptized, by the way. We'll have some time after the service as we kind of apply these truths today. It continues with teaching and learning God's word. That is important. 
but we learn it so that we can apply and obey those truths in our lives. And finally, this scripture, Matthew 28, it ends with, and remember that I am with you until the very end of the age, Jesus says. Remember that I am with you always to the end of the age. And the process of discipleship involves fellowship with Jesus. We can't be born again. We can't identify with a spiritual family. We can't learn God's word and certainly apply God's word without Jesus, without his spirit working in our lives. And at the end of these instructions that Jesus gives, he says, and remember, I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna be the one walking with you as you follow me. John 15, verse five, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. You can do nothing without me. Remember, Jesus is with us on this journey of discipleship and we must have him because we can't do anything without him. He is the vine. He is the source of life and hope and strength. When we stay connected to him, he causes fruit to produce in our lives, the fruit of discipleship, the fruit of following him. The apostle Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament and he wrote two letters to this church in Corinth, a major city in the Roman Empire. And in the second letter he wrote, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, Paul talks about this process of discipleship where we're growing into the image of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. Paul says, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. That picture that Paul is giving us is that moment where we are reborn spiritually, where we turn to the Lord and put our faith in him and our trust in him and our hope in him. Something happens. It's a new birth. Paul gives us a picture that this veil is removed, that all of a sudden, you know, have you ever seen the unveiling of like a statue or or a car or something, and they make a big, oh, this is the new, whatever. And then they pull the veil off, and all of a sudden, everyone goes, oh, right? That's what Paul is talking about here. He says, when we're living in the flesh, when we're living in our dead spiritual condition without Christ, it's like this veil is over the spiritual journey. And when we come to Christ and we're reborn, the veil is taken away and all, the, all of a sudden we can see with eyes that we never had before. Continues in verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces, remember those who are born again, who have turned to Christ, the veil has been taken away. We with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. 
And we are being transformed into the same image. That's discipleship. We're becoming a little bit more like Jesus every day from glory to glory. And really that's a continuous thought to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. As we gaze on the beauty and the glory and the splendor of Jesus Christ, we are transformed more and more into his image. That's why it says it's like looking in a mirror because his Fruit is being reproduced in us as we stay connected to him. And it ends, this is from the Lord who is the Spirit. This journey of discipleship only takes place when the Spirit is working inside of us. When we surrender to him every day, we walk in the Spirit. We surrender to the Spirit. We yield to the Spirit It's not our idea, it's not our agenda, it's not our plans, it's his plans. And as we surrender to him, he teaches us and he shapes us and he transforms us and he moves in our life and he allows us to be a part of something eternal. He does what Ephesians chapter three says, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That's the journey of discipleship. And this morning, if you have come to a place of faith in Jesus Christ, of new birth, then you are called to be a disciple. So the question is, where are you? Are you growing in God's word, the truths of his scripture? Are you applying what you're learning? Are you staying connected and rooted in Jesus Christ through prayer and worship? That's the journey. Now, some of us, we like to learn, and some of us like to do, and, and some of us say, just, just tell me what to do. I don't, need to, I don't need that Bible stuff. Just, you know, I just want to, I'm just, act, I'm action guy. I just want to do stuff. I don't understand all, all that stuff from Scripture, so just point me in a direction, and I'll go. And some of us, we really like to learn, and, and we feel like we've never learned enough to start applying it yet. <laughs> But both are important in the journey of discipleship. So as I wrap up, I want to talk through kind of five five stages of discipleship, okay? And I'm going to go through this quick. But as I go through this, I want you to kind of think and identify maybe where you're at on your journey following Jesus. Stage one is spiritually dead. Scripture says, until we are reborn, we are dead in our sins. We are, no, we are not spiritually alive. The veil has not been taken away, as we just said. We have not been born again. This stage is marked by unbelief. We are knowingly lost or unknowingly lost. If you're lost, it doesn't matter whether you know it or not, you're still lost. <laughs> We're living out of our feelings instead of out of the truth of God's word. Scripture says that we're tossed around like a boat with no sails on the winds and waves of life. But then we come to the point where we put our faith in Jesus and we are born again. And we start off this spiritual journey as an infant. Because that's where all journeys start. They start somewhere. In this season, um, 
our, our spiritual life is marked by ignorance or inexperience. I, I put inexperience because ignorance felt a little offensive, but I mean that in the literal way that we just don't know all the answers yet, right? I just don't know. I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to follow Jesus. This is new to me. And that's okay because that's the beginning of the journey. We haven't yet fully surrendered to God because we don't understand what that means or looks like necessarily. There's still areas of our life that we're hanging on to. We might be confused about some spiritual truths. People tell us this is what the Bible says and and we might go, oh, that offends me because culture has given us another truth that is not the truth. That's this kind of spiritual infancy stage, and maybe you're there. You're, you're having a hard time understanding it and, and believing it all, but, but you know you've called on Jesus. Stage three is a, as a child. We're kind of growing out of infancy. Now, we have a faith, but it's kind of a self-centered faith, and again, don't be offended. What I mean by that is our faith is mostly about what can God do for me. I, I, I believe God can give me a better life. I believe God can give me joy and peace, and and those are all true things. But that's what we're focused on more than how can God use my life for his glory. We're not as focused on his glory as we are our good, his blessing. This is the version of faith that, that, you know, is, is, is about I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and that's true. But we, we view that as, as, you know, I kind of have a superpower now because I'm following Jesus. But, but it's not just for us. It's for the world. We're growing in our relationship with God. We're understanding him better. And we're beginning to fully surrender those areas of our life where we were holding on to before. Stage four is kind of an adolescent or young adult faith. We're beginning to be more others-centered. We see that God has blessed us and God has given us peace and God has given us joy, but it's not just for us. God has given us resources financially, but it's not just for us. It's so that we can bless others. It's so that we can give, so that we can, um, so that we can serve. It's not just about us. We see that we get to be a part of what he's doing we're serving and giving and sharing our faith and we understand that God has called us to ministry he's called us to serve others and then stage five is kind of spiritual maturity adulthood doesn't mean you've arrived we're committed to continual growth because we recognize that I've learned a lot but I still have a long way to go but we're excited for opportunities to serve. We're looking for ways to share our faith. We're looking for ways to serve others. We're we're looking for ways to invest spiritually. And we're beginning to reproduce our faith by sharing the gospel with others and by discipling others on their own spiritual journey. And so this morning, as we kind of look at these stages, where are you at? Maybe you've never come to a place of faith where you have surrendered your life to Jesus and been born again. The spiritual life of following Jesus, the journey of discipleship begins with new birth. And that happens in a moment. When we surrender and God 
regenerates our heart through his spirit and gives us new life. And then that journey continues and we don't understand it all overnight. We start off learning and growing and there are no dumb questions, by the way. There are no dumb questions in discipleship because it's our desire to learn. If we don't understand, then ask somebody. Don't, don't just hang on to it. Ask so that you can grow in those early stages of our faith. Get, get plugged into Bible studies and community groups. We're gonna give you a, an opportunity to do that in just a minute and start to ask questions about your faith. Find a mentor, someone who, who will disciple you. We're gonna give you an opportunity to to do that today too. Start to ask those questions. And then get plugged in and begin serving. Commit to a spiritual family. If this is the place, then commit to be here. Show up, get involved, grow. Be baptized into this family so that we can identify with you and Learn God's word, apply God's word. We, we got all kinds of opportunities for y'all to serve around here. In a couple weeks, we're gonna have our ministry fair and you can sign up to clean the auditorium or serve kids or be a part of our outreach team, Freeway. In a few weeks, we're gonna tell you lots of ways you can plug in and serve there, but, but start moving, start following. But most importantly, Jesus is with us in this journey. And if we think we're following him, but we're out ahead of him, then we're not following him. Or if we think we're following him, but we're sitting back in the kitchen eating waffles while he's out serving people, then we're not following him. Following Jesus means we need to be close to him. We grow close to him by studying his word, by worship and prayer when we're close to him, he leads us and he guides us. So I want to invite you to stand. We're just going to sing a little bit of a chorus. But then the service is not over, okay? Because our application, by the way, discipleship takes application. Let's do something with what we learned. We want to give you a chance to, to walk around. Um, our community group leaders and Bible study teachers will be at all of these tables. John is going to be over at the Next Steps table. If you want to be disciple, I mean, if you would like somebody who will uh, walk with you one-on-one -on -one as a mentor, as a discipler, I want you to go talk to John and say, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in walking through that. And, and we'll get you paired up with somebody. If you want to get plugged into a Bible study class that happens on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, then, then you can go around. There's flyers on your uh, chairs that tell you about the different groups. If you want to get plugged into a community group, that, that'll take place in this fall season. They'll start next week. They take place on different nights of the week. Get plugged in and, and get around some people who will walk this journey with you. So we're going to pray, we're going to sing, and, and then I'm going to send you to do that, okay? So don't get out of here yet. Don't get out of here yet. And this morning, if you've never come to a place of surrender and faith, of new birth, as we pray and as we sing, I would love for you to just come talk to me right down here in the front and we'll sit down on the front row and we'll talk about what it means to surrender your life to Christ, to become a new creation and 
begin this journey of discipleship. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to seek us and to save us when we were lost. So, Lord, help us to surrender to you and by your Holy Spirit, transform us into your image. Give us the faith to obey and to follow and to apply your truths. Lord, help us to stay connected to you because that is the place where growth and maturity happens when we are abiding in Christ. This transformation from glory to glory takes place through the Spirit. So help us to stay connected to you. Help us to build our lives upon your love, upon your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing this chorus, I invite you to respond. And then we'll send you for application time, okay? Let's sing.